Greetings to those who watch below. Today's video is about some of the darkest entities that can exist. For some, they are the literal denizens of hell itself. Demons. Before we get to the stories though, I'd like to say a huge thank you to Ghost City Shelton, Lefty Kim, Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Jess Black Curtain, Aztec Priest, and Lisa Watts for being those who dwell below. An exclusive channel membership that will get you shoutouts at the start of every video. If you'd like to know more and sign up yourself, check out the link in the description box below. My Mum Was Possessed by Khaleesi Kenzie 93 To begin, my mum was around 12 the first time she encountered her demon. She described him as tall, wearing a black cloak, and had a black expressionless face. Well, if you could call it a face. This incident happened at my mum's aunt's house. My grandparents were at work, and my great aunt would watch my mum. Their apartment was laid out as follows. You enter the front door into the living room. The stairs are directly to your left, and there is a £250 handmade wooden framed couch along the same wall as the stairs. Through the living room, into the dining room, and finally into the kitchen. My mum was coming from the kitchen, and as she stepped into the living room, she saw this dark figure, wearing a dark cloak, come through the front door. He saw her immediately, and put his finger to his lips, as if saying, Shh. He started up the stairs. As he did, he waved his hand. The huge couch, with my mum's 15-year-old cousin sitting on it, was flipped over on top of him. He was trapped underneath, with the couch on his back. As far as I know, he didn't have any severe injuries to his back, no broken or fractured vertebrae, but he had a fractured rib and broken finger. I know he had constant back pain and had to learn to walk again. He spent a year in a wheelchair while everyone in the family was wondering how this could have happened. My grandma's a very religious woman, as are most of the older people on my grandma's side of the family, so when my mum tried to explain, no one believed her. That was her first experience with this demon, who eventually would make himself known as Seth. Years later, in 2009, I'm 15. It's December, around Christmas time, when I start to notice something wasn't quite right with my mum. She was vomiting up everything she ate. She was sleeping or laying in bed for hours and hours each day. She'd finished college in the spring and was working in a doctor's office and later as a surgical technician for a heart surgeon. So, when all this started, she was going to work less and less. Eventually she quit, and that is when things really started. I'll share my first experience with Seth, and maybe hit a couple of other times when I encountered him, but this is first and foremost my mum's story. It was late one night, around 11pm, and my mum was really sick. She'd been laying in bed all day just staring at the ceiling. My dad went in to take her some dinner, and all he said was she didn't look right, so he decided that he was going to the ER to get her checked out. I was in my room in the basement, listening to music, and finishing up my book I'd gotten from the library that previous Friday. I was sitting on my bed, which was directly under the little rectangular window. I thought I heard gravel crunching around my window, but when I stood up, and moved my curtains out of the way, I saw a black face wearing a black hood. His face wasn't like a regular human's, 
It was expressionless, almost like it was made out of clay. I screamed and fell backwards onto my bed. I rolled off my bed, hiding next to it, only to realise my 13-year-old sister was upstairs alone. I peeked out my door into the basement. To my left was the basement door leading outside, and to my right, the laundry room and the stairs that led to the first floor of the house. Once I realised it was clear, I crawled to the stairs and slowly started up them. The basement door was open, and since I didn't see or hear anyone upstairs, I went into the kitchen. My sister was standing there with her hands on her hips, and asked me why I was screaming, as she was trying to watch a movie. Before I could respond, I heard the gravel again. I ran to the kitchen window, which was directly above my bedroom window, and saw my parents pulling up to the driveway. Once they were parked, I ran outside to tell my dad about the strange man that was peeping in my window. He pulled out his pistol and started to do a check around the property, telling me to stay with my mom. Just so you know, my dad's an army veteran, who spent about a year in South Korea in 97. Despite not being in active service, my dad still has some PTSD from his time in the service. So to this day, my dad still sleeps with a gun under his pillow. When he came back, he told me he couldn't find anyone, that the car coming up the driveway must have spooked him, and he ran off. I knew that it wasn't a man. It just had to be something else. I was really into horror and the paranormal, and still am, but my dad brushed it off and just helped my mum into the house. Did he know who it was that had scared me so badly? Did he know about Seth before my sister and I did? We got my mum settled in and into bed. It was super early in the morning, maybe around 3am, when I sat down and started to fill my mum in on what I had seen. She just brushed it off and told me the same thing my dad had told me. I didn't understand then why they weren't calling the police to report a crazy man staring into people's windows, but I eventually calmed down enough to sleep. The next day was Sunday, so my dad got us ready and took us to Sunday school, and then went back home to try and get my mum to come as well. I told my friends in church that there was some creep staring in my window last night, and they instantly asked me the same thing I had asked myself that night. Why didn't your dad call the police? Monday came and went without incident, and as I was going to my second to last class of the day, I was told my dad was here to pick me up. At this time, my sister was still in middle school, and we went across the street to pick her up. When we got home, my dad sat us both down and told us the news. My mum had went to the doctor today, and they had found stage 3 terminal cancer in her lymph nodes, both kidneys and her lungs. They had given her just a few months to live, including going through chemo and radiation treatments. My mum had been fine four months before. She was working, working out, doing everything a strong woman should be doing. She'd gone to the doctors just four months ago, and now she's laying in bed sick and dying. I went into my parents' room and just cried with my mum for what felt like hours, but it was only about ten minutes. After I calmed down, she told me the story about when she first encountered Seth, and she believed it was him I had seen the other night peeping in my window. Months went by. It was summer now, and my mum was still with us, clinging on to life like she was stranded at sea with no water or food. She was more like a zombie having random days where she was a normal person. 
we had our pastor come out and bless our house, along with one of his friends. Yes, as it usually goes, the disturbances got worse. I was seeing him now, out of the corner of my eye, watching him while I did my homework, read or whatever I was doing. When I looked, he was gone, possibly off to terrorise my mum. My mum would say he would stand in the corner of her bedroom, telling her to murder her family, kill herself, and to stop fighting him. This was constantly going on. She was eating like she was a toddler, no more than a few bites of anything she'd put into her mouth. I know this seems like normal routine with individuals that have cancer, but it was different. As time went on, she wasn't any better, but she wasn't any worse either. Eventually our pastor told us he had phoned a friend who ran a Pentecostal church. Our pastor had simply told his friend that he was sending some people to him to meet and see if his church was a good fit for us. He didn't tell him our names or why we were going. That Sunday, we packed into the car and made the two-hour drive to the church. I had only ever been in our small church before, and when I entered its doors, I was blown away by how many people were sitting in the pews. We quickly found seats, just as the preacher was starting. He went on for a few minutes, welcoming everyone back, and started the service. To explain Pentecostalism, it is a Protestant Christian movement that emphasises direct personal experience with God through baptism with the Holy Spirit. They also can speak in tongues, which was really odd to me at the time. Basically, remember in season one of Supernatural when Dean gets electrocuted and they go to that church and the preacher healed him? That's very similar to how things go in a Pentecostal church. As a teenager, until I was 18 or 19, I was a Christian. And as an adult, I'm an agnostic theist. Continuing into the regular service, the pastor stopped and said something that still haunts me. He said, There's a person here with cancer, severe cancer that has affected their lungs and kidneys. A man stood up, hopefully to be healed, but when he said, I'm sorry sir, but this person also has cancer in their lymph nodes and has been deemed terminal. That is when I looked at my mum, who was just sitting there, staring up at the preacher. She stood up, followed by my dad. She said he had described her condition to a T. Welcome, we've been waiting for you. Our pastor hadn't told him anything. Our pastor's a very trustworthy man. He has never steered us wrong. And despite none of our family going to church anymore, we are all still very close. He officiated my sister's wedding, and will do the same for my youngest sister and myself. So, we walked up to the front of this church, a couple of hundred people staring at us. They're smiling at us. I had no idea why we were here, not until after all of this. I guess my parents didn't want to scare us. We arrived in front of the preacher. I don't remember much, but what I do remember has stuck with me and still makes me very uncomfortable. Two women came to stand beside my sister and I. They wrapped their arms around our shoulders and just stood with us. My mum knelt before the preacher and he put his hands on her, with my dad and about eight other people behind her. I asked the woman next to me what they were doing to her and she asked me how old I was. I was almost 16 when this went on. I told her and she said that they were exercising a demon from my mum, that everything will be fine 
and she'll live for a very long time. I started to hear this growling coming from the group across the altar, near my mum. I looked up, finding her, only to find something that wasn't my mum. Yes, that thing had her hair, body and clothing, but it wasn't her face. Her face was distorted, with these huge dark eyes, and a malicious smile. I could only assume the thing that had made my mum this way was finally showing his true face as he fought the people praying against him. People had their hands in the air, speaking tongues, and people started to put their hands on my sister and I. As someone with severe social anxiety and claustrophobia, I was freaking out just from that. I heard the screams, growling, and my mum's distorted voice spouting profanities at everyone. I don't know how long this lasted, but when the screams and growls stopped, there sat my mum, who was seemingly fine now. I ran to her, happy that she was okay. We sat there for a few minutes, and everyone started to clear out. The preacher, his wife and family came to speak with us, and invited us to talk more about what had happened over dinner. We agreed, and followed them to our agreed-upon place of dining for the evening, a pizza hut. I still think this part of the story is the funniest and most amazing part. Imagine being exercised, and then just going to get a pizza after. That dinner was the first real food my mum had eaten in a year. She ate a large pizza to herself, along with salad, wings and breadsticks. She said that it was the best meal of her life. This was a Sunday, and since we had a bit of a drive, we said our goodbyes and headed back home. The next day, my mum went to one of her appointments that week. On Mondays and Fridays, she would go in and get scans done to check progression. The previous week, she had appointments on both days. When they brought her scans back to show them to her, they showed no signs of cancer. There was not even a speck of cancer anywhere in her body. Something has been tormenting me since I played a Ouija board by Acceptable Cup 4251. I think something's following me, and I don't know what to do. When I was 14, I was sent to a boarding school a couple of hours away from my house. I actually really enjoyed it, and I thought living in a house full of my best friends was the best thing ever. I spent about three years there. When I was 15 in year 10, I stayed in one of four dormitories in the house, being D-dorm. Now, there was a rumour that D-dorm was haunted, because of lights that would flicker, and things of the sort but nothing ever remotely extreme. And frankly, I didn't believe in any sort of paranormal activity, so the rumours went completely over my head. My friends were the same. One day, though, I overheard a group of my friends doing something in the room next to me. I went to investigate what my friends were doing, and found that my best friend Brittany had bought a Ouija board along with her, and was playing it with a group of our friends. I was somewhat fascinated since I'd heard about it when I was really young, but never actually had the opportunity arise to see one in action. So there I am, watching and bantering with my friends as they played it, along with my friend Jess who was spelling out on the notes of her phone each thing that the board was saying. The girls were asking it banal things like their birthdays, that kind of thing. At one point, the girls asked me to get a student that none of us knew, 
and so I went and invited one of the Chinese exchange students to come into the room. This was someone none of us had spoken to. The girls asked the board her birthday, and we were pretty shocked when the board gave them a birthday, which the student confirmed as hers, since none of us had really known her. After that, everyone decided to stop playing. That is, everyone except for Brittany, who invited me to play it with her. God, I wish I never touched that thing. But I agreed, and so we continued to play with it. Just Brittany and I in the room, along with Jess who was still writing out the letters. I was the one orchestrating the session, asking simple questions like, is anything here with us? Give us a sign you're here? That kind of thing. After receiving a yes, but no spooky sign, I asked the entity what its name was, to which the planchette began to go back and forth, spelling Z-O-C-O-C-O. Brittany and I had no idea what this meant at the time, so we weren't exactly moved by it. That is, until Jess Google it, and without telling us what came up, ordered us to stop playing at that second. We took our hands off and didn't say goodbye. Jess revealed her screen to us, and to our shock, there was a reference to the name of a supposed demon, Zozo, which gained notoriety lurking on Ouija boards and even had a movie made about it. We were creeped out, but nothing too crazy. Every night for the following three weeks, Brittany and I both woke up every night at 3am feeling strange, and were both having horrific nightmares. This continued for exactly three weeks, and started and stopped for us both on the same days. After the nightmares stopped, I didn't pay much mind to what had happened, as demonic attachment was the last thing on my mind really, and I just put the strange dreams and awakenings to anything else subconscious, I guess. For the following year, her and I didn't experience anything out of the normal. That is, nothing I registered as strange anyway. After a year, I moved away to Europe, and this is where the activity peaked. We moved into a modern but old house. At first, nothing seemed out of the ordinary with the house, but pretty quickly I began feeling strange, occasionally feeling watched pretty intensely, things moving on their own in front of me, seeing shadows in the corner of my eye, doors slamming, the attic lights switching on and off when the door was locked, hearing knocks from the attic, feeling a presence go from the room I was in into the stuff there next to me extremely intensely. My grandma's old wind-up music box was playing on its own, just an all-round feeling of something being off. In general, the activity would only happen when I was alone, and I would tell my family, but they would just brush it off as all in my head, other than my sister, who told me she felt weird in the house. That is until one day, where my mum called me into her room to show me one of her coat hangers swinging back and forth wildly. This opened her mind ever so slightly, but she continued to brush off the majority of the experiences. As time went on, the activity became more and more intense. Looking back, there was actually something really freaky going on in that place. I recall one time I was home alone for a few weeks, while I was sitting in my bed watching TV at around 2 in the morning, when I felt something sit on the end of my bed. The blanket moved, and there was an impression where this weight had come onto it. On top of this, I could feel something staring straight at me. One of the most unsettling things that happened to me in that house, though, 
was an occasion where my big sister, who was my best friend, and I were hanging out in her room where we always spent time together. When you walk into the room, directly opposite the door leaning against the far wall was a large full-body mirror that we would use to look at our outfits, rarely ever getting close enough to touch, and always being able to see any marks on it, since it was the first thing you'd see when you'd enter the room. One night, her and I were on her bed when she got up to go to the bathroom. Upon re-entering the room, my sister asked me if I touched the mirror. I said no. My sister went pale and pointed at the mirror. When I saw it, my blood ran cold. Right on the mirror was the biggest handprint I have seen in my life. This thing was roughly 35 centimetres long, and it was intact. You could see the mark of each joint of the fingers, and it was clearly not dragged or out there earlier, because as I said, it was the first thing you see when you enter the room. I just about shat myself. We called for my mum to look at it, and she attempted to tell us that it was a dragged print from maybe an attempt to move the mirror, a claim we contested heavily. Another disturbing occurrence was a time where I had left an unfinished painting sitting vertically in my room. However, the face of the girl in my painting was horizontal. When I woke up, the painting had very clear tears running down the girl's face horizontally. Many unexplainable things happened over the three years we lived in that house, and needless to say it was a relief to have moved out, and to another country at that. For about three weeks after we moved out of the house, the strange feelings and occurrences subsided. That is, until one night when I woke up, around 5am, with a very intense feeling of dread. I was able to get back to sleep. The following night, my sister and I were sleeping in the same bed, and I had an extremely vivid dream of watching myself and my sister sleeping from the perspective of something that was in the top left corner of the room. Needless to say, I was pretty unsettled at the thought that this entity may have followed me. I didn't know if it had come from the board or from the old house, but recently it's getting worse, and it's getting worse quickly. I was at a girlfriend's house about a month ago with her and three dudes when I started talking about my experiences. Upon telling them, all the doors in the house slammed except for one, the bathroom door, which was in view for all of us, which began to open and close wildly. This scared the absolute shit out of me and Sarah could tell, so she locked the door and we decided to stop talking about it. This is where things begin to get a little crazier, but I swear to God I'm not crazy, and I really experienced this. It was the same night, and I had gone to sleep downstairs as around 1.40am, after a night of drinking and smoking weed, so I was pretty ready to sleep, and I should have had little issue with sleeping well. I woke at around 3.30, feeling very uncomfortable. Sarah had actually told me the previous owner of the house had died in the room above me, which didn't help. I tried and tried to get to sleep, but couldn't. Every time I was about to drift off to sleep, it was like something jerked me awake. This was until about six in the morning, while I was trying to get to sleep, when I began to hear a sound, which can be compared to the sound of rushing water or TV static in my left ear. This went on for about three seconds until the sound became background sound to a somewhat raspy whisper-like voice, which told me to come, come, come. 
this experience really freaked me out, and the occurrences have been getting worse since. Rather than feeling watched only at home or when I'm alone, it's begun to happen when I'm in public, in the car, during the day, and at night. I have also seen shadowy figures in my peripheral vision multiple times a day, and had the sensation of being touched by something when I'm alone at night, either on my phone in bed or trying to sleep. The feeling is kind of like static electric pins and needles, but it's very clear. I have felt it on my arms, my hands and thighs, and even on my backside. About two weeks ago, I had a dream where I was getting into the car and saw the same handprint from that mirror, only a lot bigger on the seat. It grabbed me by the throat, and I woke up. I know it might sound crazy, but I really just don't know what to do at this point. It's freaking me out, and I want whatever the fuck this thing is to stay away from me for good, and I don't know where to turn to for help. I'm not religious, but tomorrow I plan on going to a church to speak to anyone I can about it. Demon House by Crazy Penguin Girl 34 I want to start off by saying that I do not live in this house anymore. I was about 10 when I was living there, and it was me, my brother, mom and her boyfriend, and his friend at the time. The house mentioned didn't start off scary at all. Some weird stuff happened, but nothing extreme. My mum's boyfriend and his friend decided to do a half-hour seance in the kitchen one day, after hearing knocking around in the basement. And after they did that, shit hit the fan. Things started off small. My mum's boyfriend's friend was staying in the basement, and one day when no one was down there, his radio that wasn't plugged in started playing loudly, like loud. A neighbour heard it. He also woke up plenty of times freaked out, and we ourselves kept hearing stuff going on from upstairs. After a bit of that, things started being moved. People were being touched. I myself kept seeing figures dancing around outside my bedroom window. Once, when my brother and I were at school, my mum saw a kid about six years old giggle and run into the laundry room that was off the kitchen. When she followed it in there, there was no one there, and she realised that neither me or my brother were home from school yet. It was way too early. One of the freakiest and hardest to explain experiences we all had in that house at once was the kitchen cupboards and drawers, all opening at the same time. We were all sitting in the living room at the front of the house watching TV and eating lunch when it happened. The room got ice cold, so cold we could see our breaths, and then our TV suddenly shut off. After a couple of seconds, every cupboard and drawer just flung open in the kitchen at the back of the house. No one was back there, no one could explain it, and we were all scared shitless. After that, everything escalated fast. We were being hit, scratched, stalked by these things. My mum's boyfriend was taking a shower, and something had tried to strangle him in there. He came running out with just a towel on, and ran out of the house. He didn't come back for days. He never used the bathroom after that. The house itself just seemed to be falling apart around us. Our sinks would constantly clog, 
Our toilet wouldn't flush. When we ran the shower, it was brown water. Our dog got sick suddenly, and when we gave him to someone who could help him, he immediately got better. The place was terrifying. I don't remember how we even left. Just that we did. And we didn't take much with us. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's stories. I really hope you enjoyed them. I think demons are terrifying creatures. Though I'm not sure if I would call them demons myself. I prefer entities. Due to their deceitful nature, I'd prefer entities over demons, but each their own, really. If you've got a topic you'd like me to cover, make sure you let me know. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell. That way you'll know when the next video goes live. So, until next time, sleep tight. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.